Hello, and welcome back to Stories RPG, the show where we write better together. Today, we're doing a little mini episode. We're calling these Write Light, where we shine a light on some of the ways in which we use the game to help us tell stories and to think about stories. Uh, the ape himself, Daniel Hines. Say hello to the lovely people. Hello to the lovely people. And uh, today we were going to talk about characters and how we build them using uh, a trick called lines. You may have heard us on the show uh, when when one of the characters needs to make a move saying, all right, what lines have you got to help you make that move? And then they have to look at their character sheet and figure out what might help them. So we're going to go through a few of those and talk about what makes them fun and interesting and how they help us tell stories and think of what our characters might do or say. Yeah, so we're going to take the um, lines from the character sheet and you can find these character sheets on patreon.com slash stories RPG or at storiesrpg.com. You'll find the sheet here. They're all a little different between the base game, Star Sworn and Giga City. But today we're going to focus on the Giga City character sheet. So if you want to find that one, you just go to storiesrpg.com and there'll be a link uh, on the homepage there. Yeah, and we'll include a few uh, sample characters so that you can download some of your favorites like Firefly and Werebear and uh, a few of the characters who show up in the game that you can play at home, which you can download uh, again at patreon.com backslash storiesrpg or on storiesrpg.com. The character sheet, it starts with I am, and then it's your name, and then sort of a description about you. So tell, tell me why that's important, The just sort of the baseline intro here. I think of this as the one-sentence description. So if I want to talk about Werebear, I'm going to say I am Werebear, the massive furry... Uh, the massive furry tank with a heart of gold. There you go. That's Werebear. It's a quick way to remind yourself as a storyteller, who is this character... In, in the most brief way possible, so that if I need to jump into a scene, then I can use that. And if you want to use a character just in a story real quick, it's easy to just write one sentence, that title sentence, and that'll be enough for you to be able to jump in and play that character. Yeah, and the point of these sheets is you can use them to play the game, but you can also use them in your personal writing if you kind of want to make your own characters, you're writing your own stories, then this is a great tool. You can fill it out just to get a you know get a handle on who your character is and how they might react in any situation you want to throw them into. So yeah, and the other cool thing about character sheets is once you've filled out a couple, you start to develop this story sense for characters. So even when, you know, my son and I will be watching a show or a movie, uh he'll go, "Oh, look, that's totally that character's drive." So let's talk about the different tags, the different lines that we have on the character sheet and why we put them there, why they make for interesting characters and why not start with drive? Yeah, so drive, it's on the sheet. It's I'm driven to, and the examples we have here are I'm driven to get attention, find friends, win, seek thrills, prove myself. Now, so what do you see as the point of a drive to the character? The key with drive is always in, in times of trouble, in times of struggle, what pushes them forward. And it's not something that is a goal that's outside of a person, like I want to I want to reclaim my throne. That's fine. What you really want to do is you want to take back what's yours. And that that's bigger than just the throne, right? If that's your character. In Giga City, it might be something like, 
uh, you know, Firefly. I don't want any family to suffer what I did, right? So I'm driven to protect the innocent. And that that helps uh, that helps Firefly, you know, be courageous, be heroic. And it also helps as an author, kind of knowing what a character is going to do. The drive is where you always come back to. What's this character going to do in this situation? Let me check their drive. All right. Now I know what they're going to do. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to start with drive is I think that's really the core to it. The drive is sort of what moves the character forward, right? And for all of these tags, I think you need to be specific, but not too specific, right? Because like you said, if if your whole drive is, you know, I want to take back the throne, that's good. But like, it does sort of limit you in a way that... I want to take back what's mine doesn't, right? If you don't take back what's yours, it, it includes the throne, but also it might be the kingdom. It might be your family. It might be your inheritance. It might be your pride. You know, there's a lot of things that can go into that. So that sort of mix of specific and general, you want to hit that sweet spot. The flip side of, of Drive is actually my favorite thing as an author. I love downfalls. Yeah, I think downfall is really important too. Why don't you give us a a rundown on what downfall is? So yeah, a character's downfall for me as an author is one of the most exciting things about them. You want to tell a story about a character and everybody likes stories about characters who have things they're struggling with. Um, Perfect people and incredibly powerful people, they're really boring unless they have something that makes them sympathetic, something that makes you feel connected with them, something they're struggling with. So downfall is that thing that a character is is troubled by, but it can also come in handy in the game because it makes the story more interesting. So I always think about Firefly's matchstick temper, and I love how that comes up again and again and that metaphor of she could feel that match being lit, being sparked inside of her. That may have gotten in her way in some circumstances. It definitely didn't help her when she was being picked on in school. But at the same time, it's also a source of great strength. She's relied on that temper again and again when facing uh, foes who were much more powerful than she was. And it makes her really sympathetic. You love that moment when the matchstick temper flares and she she takes back the uh, the momentum of the scene. Yeah. So it's important in the game and it's also important just in your general writing. Like if you're doing a story perfect characters aren't usually that interesting, right? We like to see just as much as like a story that everything goes perfectly isn't interesting. It's all about sort of the rise and fall and the give and take. Like like the moments of success are more impactful if if they're kind of snatched from the jaws of defeat, right? Yeah. Uh, perfect characters are boring. Characters who struggle are sympathetic and we care more about them. And then the third thing is, I I like that this mechanic reminds everyone to be a little more forgiving of themselves. It's okay. You got stuff you struggle with. That's awesome. That that's part of what makes you, you, you don't have to give yourself a hard time for it. Uh, lean in. It's, it's part of who you are and you can accept it and embrace it. And, uh, the next field I want to talk about is the bond, right? And this is blank is blank, meaning this person is, who I look after is into me as my rival, my friend, my enemy, right? And this is important because, especially when you're new to writing, at least to me, you know, you you might have your characters and have your story, but a big part of the emotion and the forward progress is how the characters interact with each other. So this field to me is really important in kind of a giving you an easy way to be like, okay, how these two characters are in a scene. And they're, they're interacting with, you know, the magic pirate chest or the supervillain or whatever. But 
but the the conversation and the relationship these two characters have, you know, is just as important as everything else that's going on around them, right? Yeah. And you know, one thing I love about playing story games in order to tell stories is sometimes you find out bonds when you're in a scene. So, you know, example, uh, Ape, when he uh, he invited Scriv on the extracurricular run to Tusk Tower. I love that that kind of set up this relationship between Animus and Ape where they were like, yeah, okay, like we can we can go do stuff together. And Animus was like, he's the guy who really accepted me on the team. He got me into the tower and then, you know, he trusted me to get him into Tusk Tower. And uh, and so those bonds, they really are what bring a story to life. Characters are at the heart of every story. They're what drive a story forward. Plot's fine. World's fine. If you don't have characters you love who have relationships with each other and, you know, weird, interesting, funny, goofy relationships, man, that story's going to get boring real fast. So bonds are wonderful. And I've I don't know if you've noticed, but in the game, as we've been playing, that's been the the, the kind of line that y'all pick the most often is bonds, both with each other and also with with other characters who have come in that I've introduced. Definitely. So if you're playing, I think a great line to fill out when you're making your character is a bond with another player. Don't be afraid to do more than one bond. Definitely. Like, he, like Michael said, we've been adding them as we play. And as you kind of interact with the other characters in your game, you might want to add more bonds. And that's a great thing to do. You know, if you're writing a story, it's perfectly acceptable to have as many bonds as you have characters. You know, each character should have a bond with every other character. And if you're writing anything with group dynamics, it's a kind of great way to keep track of everything. And don't be afraid to let it change as you write. Stories often kind of reveal themselves as you go. Oh, yeah. But if you need a little, just just to get yourself started, if you want to kind of ground it and be like, okay, these characters are doing this, just having like, you know, just the one line summary of how each character feels about each other character can be really helpful, you know? Definitely. And don't be afraid to make up a character for your character to have a bond with. That's a wonderful way to introduce somebody new into the script. Like, yeah, turns out I have an older brother and- I'm I'm rivals with my older brother. I can't stand that guy. And all of a sudden, that's a plot line now that you can all explore in the story. Bonds are a wonderful way to add to a story and, and both uh, connect it and make it larger, but also give you focus and lots of things that you can play with. All right. And next up is mystery. I must know dot, dot, dot. And now <laughs> I love mystery and it, it kind of tracks a little close to drive sometimes. So why don't, what, what are the real differences there? What do you think the difference between a mystery and a drive is? Yeah. So a drive is internal. It's the thing that you're seeking that it, it kind of animates your character, but it's not an, an external goal. So I want to feel proud of myself. Even accomplishing something might not make you feel proud. It might mean you're still driven to seek that pride, right? Um, a mystery is more like an external plot line. This is the way you create ways for your character to sort of generate drama and get into trouble. So what's something you need to know? Uh, I, I never learned the identity of the woman who rescued me from that fire. Um, or there's a secret society who has, has shown up in my life. I need to know who they are. I need to find them. Why are they haunting me? These are all things that make for a great story and allow you to have something that your your you know your teller can seize on, other players can seize on to kind of work up moments that will turn into scenes, which we'll definitely talk about how we structure scenes later on. Yeah, we'll cover scenes in another episode. And I just want to say mystery and drive, they're separate, but I think in the best stories, they kind of go hand in hand, right? Mm. 
like the solving the mystery should relate to the drive should relate to the downfall all of these different lines you know they don't have to but if they really come together tightly you can kind of feel it in a good story when you're reading in kind of all the dominoes fall just right you know I love that actually. And it's a great point to make. You never, one of the goals I have is don't feel like you have to make it all connect. Um, cause you don't want anything to be repetitious and you also just want to have fun with it. But the cool piece is when you see the opportunity to make it connect in the game, it can be this wonderful moment where everybody at the table goes, Oh, like that's a, that's a great moment when you can figure out the ways like, okay, this is that thing. My character's been looking for. And all of a sudden it came up. Um, So if you do have the opportunity, go for it. I think it's important to note that a big part of writing is rewriting, right? Like, so again, the game is one thing, but if you're doing your own writing, a lot of this stuff is going to come up, like do the first draft and don't be afraid because the first draft is never going to have everything you want in it. The first draft is there to organize your thoughts, to organize the story and kind of mysteries and drives and bonds and downfalls. All these things are going to come up as you write. So I think the best advice to anybody who's getting started at writing, any any kid out there who wants to start writing, is to just start writing, and these things will flow. And then after you're done the first draft, go back, and you'll see connections that maybe weren't apparent before you started, right? Yeah, and I'll add, one of the reasons I love using games to tell stories is it's a great way to get a first draft out. You play through an entire scene, you kind of have the idea of that scene in your head, and the cool part is all the other players gave you ideas that you wouldn't have had on your own. And then you can sort of write that story out as a first draft. So the cool thing is this should be your guide as you're playing. These character lines can help you resolve situations and come up with ideas. And they can also help you play with other people so you don't get stuck on your own with a blank page. Exactly. Okay. So next one up, and this is one that we have on all the different games, is sort of the pet peeve. So the thing that like <laughs> I can't stand. Now, why would this be important for a character? Oh, you wanna you wanna kind of low-key bother your characters all the time. As an author, one of the great things you can do to bring out a character's personality is poke them. So if you know that they find uh, for example, I've I've learned that this is something I think Amanda has in her personality but it's also part of part now of Firefly's personality. She hates playful, smarmy villains. So now I love using Ellipsis to kind of get Firefly worked up because when Ellipsis does something to annoy Firefly and kind of, you know, says something smart, uh, it drives it drives Firefly up the wall and Amanda's immediately like, I'm going after that guy. And it's a great way to intensify the story and show, you know, the kind of personality Firefly has. So a good pet peeve is always a wonderful motivator. Yeah, it's the kind of thing like, I was going to do a Back to the Future reference, but that's really a little dated, I think. Yeah, you're going back to the past there. <laughs> so there's an old, old movie called Back to the Future, and the main character, his pet peeve is he just hates being thought of as a wimp. Specifically, they call him a chicken or you know, a wuss or any of this. And basically in the story, it comes up many times and ultimately helps resolve the story. But he kind of throws all reason out the window when somebody sort of insults his courage. And it's a great way they use the writers use it well to just kind of prod him into basically getting into trouble. Right. And a lot of the best stories are getting into trouble and then getting out again. That one's almost a downfall though. That that's almost a downfall. I always think of peeves as being smaller and more like trivial and, and also like kind of dumber, you know, like I can't stand cheese. 
And then somebody's eating like a big cheesy and you're just like, God, get away. It could be as silly as you want it to be. Downfall, you know, that's that thing you can't leave alone. Peeve is just, it bothers you. All right. So downfall, peeve, similar sort of degrees of intensity there. Uh, The other one that's on all the sheets before we get into the sort of Giga City specific ones is the quirk, Mm -hmm. which is I stand out because, right? Oh man, I love, so I often start my characters with a quirk. It's the weird thing that stands out about you. You're always humming. You're always playing with a Rubik's cube or, or a quirk on one of the bricks. Ken Tucky, the giant centaur, his quirk is he's shockingly gorgeous for this giant mutant centaur that he is. That description becomes a great way to inject some energy into the story and really make characters stand out. Uh, I remember I had a game once, and this is one of my favorite examples, where this character was a little goblin wizard, and he was trying to cast a spell. And uh, everybody was looking at his sheet because he only had found two lines that helped him. And everybody was looking at his sheet, like, what could we use that would help him get that third die? And somebody goes, you have golden hair? And he did. He had his quirk was he had golden hair. And he looked at me and he said, can I use the golden hair? And I was like, absolutely. So this became his signature move. Whenever he cast a spell and it became his big epic moment, he was this little, you know, hunched over figure. He'd throw his hood back and his golden hair would stream. And that would be, you know, this epic moment where he would he would do the thing. Quirks are wonderful for giving a, a fun way to get into characters. Yeah, I love a quirk, especially in the superhero setting or in the sort of Max Goodname Star Sworn fantasy setting. Just something special. Like when you th- see a character and they got that... Like, you know, Harry Potter's lightning bolt scar or Iron Man's um, palladium core heart plate. Or it could be something as simple as like a giant mohawk or an eye patch. You know, just little things like that go a long way to like really like you see somebody out there and they have, you know, they have a false eye that's an old quarter melted down into a ball with the Eagle still on it. Oh yeah. Like stuff like that. It's just like, it tells a little story in and of itself and quirks are sort of a great way to just tell these little stories and give your character a very unique flavor. That's, that's all about them. Werebear's giant shaggy beard hair combo has been so much fun to describe. Like every time I'm talking about him and he's in human form, I'm like, yeah, he's really furry. Yeah. And even ape Canaveral, my character, he stands out, because like, so he is, he's an ape, right? But I specifically give him the aviator jacket and glasses because he believes he's a fighter pilot. He believes he's like an astronaut in training. He's a test pilot. And like that, the aviator jacket and glasses is like a classic, like back into early cinema, back <laughs> probably around World War II. Just like, that's like the classic kind of hotshot pilot outfit. And to put, sort of put that on an ape there, it tells you... Hey, it's modern. You can go Maverick, right? We've, we've got... You can, yeah. All the way up till today, yeah. Top Gun. Timeless, go. I'd say. Yeah. But it tells you a lot about the character just at a glance. And you know what? This is the perfect way to segue right into a very Giga City specific thing, the line. Because, you know, a good superhero is made by that tagline. And Ape has a great one. Oh, so line is sort of like your catchphrase, right? So all of these are lines, but the catchphrase line, so Ape Canaveral's, you know, all apes are great, but I'm the greatest one there is. And it just shows his kind of cockiness and sort of sense of humor to me because, you know, they call humans, gorillas, chimps, everybody, they're called the great apes. Like that's the the animal sort of genus of them, right? 
So just to kind of put a little spin on that, it shows that he thinks highly of himself. It shows that he's a little funny. It also shows like anybody who would kind of say that is also maybe a little oblivious, a little full of themselves, Perfect. which is also a big trait of Ape, I think. So I know Ape has one. I don't think Firefly really has a catchphrase, but I'm sure if we thought for a minute, you know, like like the old Conan the Barbarian is like he has his Crom battle cry, you know? I, I was thinking Riptide. I mean, Riptide could easily do Surf's Up and it would be perfect in so many ways. Riptide is the Surf's Up guy. Surf's Up, dude. Like it's it's 100% there. Yeah. You got Batman is uh, I am vengeance, you know? <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> Give me another couple uh, superhero ones. What else you got? There's the thing, right? The thing does it's clobbering time. And, uh, oh gosh. And it tells you that he loves to clobber and you know what he does. And the word clobber also tells you that he's kind of a little old timey. He's a little Brooklyn, you know? Yeah. Cause people don't generally say clobber anymore. So it tells you a little bit about him even as he's clobbering you. <laughs> and it definitely gives you the, uh, the purpose he serves in a superhero flick when he shows up, if he's in a comic or anything, if he's in a story, you know, what's going to happen. It's clobbering time. All right. So the last one here that's specific to Giga city is gear. And I think gear is sort of a cool thing, especially it can be, this could totally apply to a fantasy or even a modern setting too, but in like superhero stories, especially the gear is a big part of it, right? Yeah, no. And you know, what's really important as an author to remember is equipment. You know how, like if you play a video game, right? Equipment can be very important and you spend a lot of time moving it around in little inventory slots and thinking about how you want to gear your character out in a story Gear is only interesting if it's important to the story and important to who you are. So, example, Firefly's suit, that's gear because it's iconic. It's part of who she is. It's part of her personality now, right? It's part of that dual life she leads. So uh, you want the gear that you pick to be important to your character, who they are. You don't want it to just be, well, let me tell you about all the 15 different things that I put on this morning. You want it to be a core identity. Yeah, and it can come in groups. Like, you know, Batman is a gear-heavy guy, but you don't want to just say, you wouldn't go, he's got a batarang and he's got his anti-shark spray and he's got this and that. You know, Batman is synonymous with utility belt, right? Yep. Batman's whole gear thing is the utility belt, which has, you know, an answer for everything. He's got a smoke bombs and a grappling hooks and just like the whole thing. Whereas other characters, the gear might just be a single thing. Like you think you go to, you know, the Hobbit movies, right? Uh, Bilbo, he gets sting like the ancient elven sword that glows around goblins. And that's like a big thing he has, or the one ring is the big piece of gear it's sort of the one item that carries all through those stories or captain america shield or hawkeye's bow and arrow it's just like kind of defining iconic items that kind of tell you more about the character as they go i was gonna say riptide's trident i don't know i've got riptide on the brain today yeah the trident so the gear can really tell a lot right so if you see a trident a trident says to you it says the ocean poseidon the sea whereas you know Captain America shield says this is a defender more than it is an attacker. Right. And that's true to his character. Like these things that seem sort of abstract can kind of tell you about a character even as they're looking awesome, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So this has been an episode of right light where we shine a light on some of the ways we designed this game to help people tell stories together and how we use the game to help 
us as we plan and plot our stories. And if you would like to do the same, you want to play some of your own stories with your friends, run it for your friends, heck, grab some of the adults in your life and make them sit still and do some storytelling. It'll be good for them. You can find all of this on patreon.com backslash stories RPG, or you can find it at storiesrpg.com. You can find the whole chapter of Giga City Ghosts. I don't want to give away too much but you'll understand the title if you play the game and you'll be able to find all of the star sworn games and more. Take a look at the character sheets. We're going to post up all of the heroes from star sworn and giga city, get inspired, fill out a few character sheets of your own. And uh, I will make you a deal. If I see characters that get me inspired, especially bricks, we need a lot of bricks for the next chapter. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but There are a lot of mutants in the future. Your characters may show up on the show. Yeah, and if you go to the website, the base game rules and these character sheets are all there. They're all free forever. And if you're an educator or somebody who like works with kids and wants to run this kind of program, just shoot us an email at, you know, hello at storiesrpg.com and we can hook you up there too. That would be a thrill. I work with a lot of librarians who are running these games for kids and it's so much fun. All right. Well, uh, you know, thanks for talking writing with us and we'll see you next time. Much love, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.